0: Hello, this is Hawker Buttlefoot, student of science. You're probably listening to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. But I'm not sure, because I've only checked my calculations twice.
1: Do you guys remember Honey, I Shrink the Kids? I sure did as a little kid. But anyway, welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwinged Up podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and...
2: I'm Mike Russo, and anybody can lift ten times an ant's
1: weight. <laughs> hey, I wish I was as strong as an ant, because uh, I was never good at lifting weights, by the way, Mike.
2: <laughs> yeah, me neither.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had to do it for sports reason, but, like, bench pressing was probably the the one i was the most decent at but anyway let's get off subject here um well we're off subject but let's get in the subject hey uh mike i got actually a nice surprise for this episode do you yeah man katie lee when i met her in sacramento she mentioned this was her favorite episode so i did a little typing here a little texting there and worked a little magic and we got her on board got a little short interview with her
2: man well that's fantastic
1: yeah, man. Uh, but I didn't want to waste a, f- a full blown interview because I invited her for a special episode that she
2: has to be a part of. And oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about, and she definitely has to be a part of that one.
1: Yeah, and she agreed to sit down with us and review the episode with us, man.
2: Great. Yeah, I can't man. wait till we get. I can't, cannot wait till we get to that one. I know, man.
1: But for now, hey guys, here we go. Here's a little teaser a little short interview we got with katie lee aka honker muddlefoot here it is all right so we are here at the st canard files a Darkwing Duck up podcast uh I'm will santana i'm here with special guest katie lee welcome katie
0: <laughs> hi will thanks for having me
1: well welcome katie man i really appreciate you being on here oh yeah man a uh, big fan not just of honker of course honker is my favorite character of yours but you know along with richie ridge uh baby ralph uh sunny gummy
0: Wow, that's far out.
1: Cool. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> okay, so well, Katie, how did you even get into voice acting?
0: Well, I was a good student who talked too much. Well, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know what? You gotta find work that uh, appreciates your personality, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, I went to school for uh, broadcasting because I liked broadcasting. I really like radio. I'm audio person. But then I was trying to do some voice acting on the side because people told me I might be able to make some money that way. So I kind of did it simultaneously when I was in college. And then when I graduated, I was encouraged to, uh, well, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I thought I'd give voice acting a shot. So I gave it a couple of years to see how it might work out. And it worked out very well for me. Praise God.
1: (laughs) How did you get the role of Honker Muddlefoot? Did you have to audition for it?
0: I did, but the director, uh, she knew my work. She knew me, and she had a, a voice in mind for him. And when I came in, she said, you know, do that, that little boy voice that you do, that kind of nasally thing. So she kind of had an idea at the beginning what she was looking for, what they were looking for. So, um, yeah.
1: Was there anything that you added to the character
0: yourself? You know, you add things as you go along once you start recording because you really don't know that much about your character until you find them in situations and scripts as you go along. So usually the characters will develop, you know, throughout series. Maybe you've noticed that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we start to understand who we are. And, you know, I'll know what Honker feels like. And how he reacts to certain things, and then it just becomes sort of, um, um, I don't know what the right word is, just a part of who you are when you're in the recording session, I guess.
1: Now, on the show, uh, Honker is with um, Goslin a lot, Christine Cavanaugh's character. Right. Did you guys record a lot together
0: in the studio? We recorded, every episode was recorded with the entire cast, as long as they were available.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I remember you saying um, We met in SAC anime That was where we first met mm-hmm. And I remember during your Darkwing Duck reunion panel, You had mentioned getting antsy Was one of your favorite episodes Is there <laughs> a reason why to that?
0: Oh I don't know Because it's just funny the You know the miniature Things and I don't know I used to like Miniature golf <laughs> When I was little <laughs> I like I like I like miniature golf courses, so that's all. So fun. you were able
1: to relate to the episode, huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. I had
0: my fifth birthday party at a miniature golf course.
1: <laughs> can you tell us, like, anything? I mean, my fifth
0: grade birthday party.
1: Oh, your fifth grade?
0: hmm
1: Okay, can you tell us, like, anything about Christine Cavanaugh while recording with her, like, would be hilarious or, like, just unordinary?
0: Well, she was unordinary. She was extraordinary, amazing. The way mm-hmm. she would deliver a line would just always blow me away. I was absolutely fascinated with her and her choices. Uh, yeah, I wish I could think like her.
1: <laughs> Can you name like your your top three characters that you have voiced?
0: Well, um, you mentioned a couple, Honker and Baby Rolf are two of them. And then I also play a character named Connie Kendall on a radio show called Adventures in Odyssey. And I've been doing that for 32 years. And that means a lot to me. Oh, wow.
1: So that one has a lot of sentimental.
0: Well, we're still doing it. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say it just has a lot of impact on people all over the world in a really positive way. So it's a blessing to be a part of that show.
1: Okay. Now, if there's a, you know, there's a DuckTales reboot that recently came out. Has there been any mention to you of a possible Darkwing reboot?
0: Uh, I don't know if I can say anything about that, but there's always a possibility of anything, right?
1: Oh wow! Uh, just hearing you say that got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, hey, Katie, you know, I don't want to hold you too long because I I really want to save you for a, a episode we have to have you on. It's an episode called "A Brush with Oblivion." And that episode is like the Honker episode. Honker just dominates that episode. Like every fanboy has to mention a brush with oblivion when it comes to Honker. So I don't want to hold you too long, and I really appreciate you being on here. Um, Is there anything you would like to say to the fans before you sign off?
0: No, just thank you very much for listening to this podcast, and I'm looking forward to the one where I star in.
1: All right. Thank you, Katie. (laughs)
0: Okay, bye. Thank you.
1: All right, Mike, man. That's the interview with Katie, man. What did you think, man?
2: You know what? It was a short one, but she does a lot of cool info in there. Oh, yeah, you know. um, She's a real sweetheart.
1: Yeah, she's real sweet, man. I loved Katie, man. When I finally met her in person, man, it was an honor. You know, I, I, I told her... I I didn't want to act like a fanboy out there in Sacramento, but if I could, I would have like kidnapped her, threw her in my suitcase and brought Hunker Muddlefoot back home with me. (laughs) Aw. Yeah. I like how
2: she uh, did the baby Rolf voice too.
1: Oh yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. That was really cool. You know, guys, sorry, Mike couldn't be there for the interview. He was at work. Uh, He, he wanted to be there. He tried, but he couldn't get it off, man.
2: Yeah, I know. I, you know, I can only take so much time off of work and, it was kind of short notice, your interview with her. So next mm-hmm. time.
1: Yeah, it was short interview on her end, too. She just hit me up and said, hey, can you go now? And I had to make it happen. So, hey,
2: got, hey, you got it done. I'm glad you got her.
1: Yeah, we got her, though. Hey, but we'll bring her back. We got her for a special episode. She's going to sit down with us, and she's going to help us review the whole entire episode, man. Because technically, it's her episode that she's going to sit down with us. It's it, definitely her episode.
2: Yeah, I bet some of you have already figured out which episode that is, but we're not going to tell anybody yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was also kind enough about a month back to um, to record the promo that starts off this episode, too.
1: Oh, yeah, that sure, sure did. Yeah, but- she
2: recorded that for us as well.
1: Now guys, I was a little nervous during the interview, so I forgot to ask her to plug where you can follow her at. And uh, but she did email me the information. You can follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I believe on Facebook she has a fan page, which is uh, Katie Lee Voice Actor. And uh, she will be let's let's do this in order. She will be in uh, Alaska in October on a radio station for a share-a-thon, and then she will be in Reno. On November 9th for the Reno at the at a comic con, um, she will be in Pensacola, Florida, in February, and Warren, Michigan, at the Great Lakes Comic Convention uh, convention in February. So she's got a lot going on, and chances
2: for you to see her, man. Ah, oh, Pensacola, that's not too far from you. No, it's about about four and a half hours. I'd make the trip if I lived down there.
1: Well, I am, and Jim Cummings will be there also.
2: Yeah. Uh, wow, well, <laughs> you know, got her in the face. Put in a good word for me when you get down there. Oh, you know I will, Mike. You know <laughs> I got you. So, Katie mentioned what her favorite episode was, didn't she?
1: Yes, she mentioned this was her favorite episode. Uh, she mentioned it because of the miniature golf, and she used to play miniature golf as a child and stuff. And uh, she kind of mentioned this a little bit off the off air before we started recording. But she mentioned also because of the Honey I Shrunk the Kids.
2: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good movie. Remember that. Oh,
1: yeah, I love that movie. I, I didn't like the sequels too much, though.
2: No, I didn't like them either. The first one was fine, though. Yeah,
1: definitely enjoyed the first one.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, but hey, Mike, let's get
1: into this episode, man. What are we reviewing today?
2: We are reviewing Getting Antsy. All it's right. Second episode to air on the Disney Afternoon. This one aired on Tuesday, September 10th, 1991. And if you're keeping score, it is the sixth episode in production order, so it's a really early one. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this and, is the first time we get Honker and Goslin on the Disney Afternoon.
2: Yes, it is. So if you are not watching on the weekend, this would be the first time you saw Drake Mallard, the first time you saw Honker, really probably the first time you saw Goslin too.
1: Yep, this was my first time seeing her. I remember this. <laughs>
2: it's a pretty good one for Goslin and Honker. I mean, they're yeah. not really the focus, but they get some good scenes. Yeah, they get so, some good scenes. So this episode was another one that was story edited by Kevin Crosby Hops. And this one had a this one had probably what I would say one of the best writers to have worked on Darkwing Duck. Um, his name is Doug Langdale. Darkwing was if not the f- if not the first one of the first shows he ever worked on. He um, between writing and story editing and voice directing, he worked on Aladdin, Quack Pack, House of Mouse, the 2012 Ninja Turtle show. He wrote the screenplay for The Book of Life in 2014. And if we go through his Darkwing credits. He wrote about 10% of the show. Mm. And among the episodes he worked on are Paradox, A Ducky Phobia, Smarter Than a Speeding Bullet, Disguise the Limit, which is hysterical, My Valentine Ghoul, and now Tad Stones has said Doug Langdale was one of the best writers for Megavolt. Mm. And if you look at what other episodes he's written, he's written Stress to Kill, Inside Binky's Brain, World History, and Jailbird, and they're all Megavolt episodes. So oh, I, that
1: makes you a Doug Lane fanboy then, huh?
2: So I definitely see where um, <laughs> Tad's coming from when he says Doug Langdale was one of the best Megavolt writers because definitely Stress to Kill and Inside Binky's Brain are great Megavolt episodes. <laughs> and he wrote some good Negaduck ones too. Okay.
1: No no uh, Playtime episodes?
2: No. Well, well, he's in Jailbird, but it isn't like, a quacker jack episode. Okay. But um yeah, this one I wouldn't say this is my um it's an early one. It's this is a very early episode and I think it's really made was done before the show really found itself, mm-hmm. which I'll go into. Um but I think we should just jump right into the plot. Okay, go, let's go for it, man. All right. So, before um before we get into the plot, though, let me um there's a the opening shot shows a Beautiful painting of St. Canard, and I was going to do this a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. but I love the design of this city. Mm -hmm. I love how it's basically on an island, and you have all the high skyscrapers, and then you have the bridge out of town, and it's the only way out of town. And I love how that puts the bridge as the central focus of the entire city, Mm -hmm. which makes it being Darkwing's hideout the perfect place for him to be. Oh yeah. And and the surrounding Saint Kennard is the suburbs. And I just you don't not every show you get an idea of how great the design of the environment is, but I love it with Darkwing Duck. I think it's just a really well designed city.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just funny I'm mentioning this here because this is the episode where we get the shrinking buildings. So you <laughs> see you see a lot of Saint Kennard in miniature form in this episode. So I just wanted to mention that I think it's just the ep- the show itself has just great production design. The city is just so well designed, and I wanted to mention that a few episodes ago I never got a chance. But um, yeah. So let's let's. How does this episode start?
1: It starts off with uh, Darkwing. He he's basically a, like a shadow, and uh, you know he gives it an introduction, and then him and um, Launchpad basically go go grab something to eat.
2: Yeah, he's had a really busy day. And um, he mentions a voodoo king with an army of zombies. And I love how it's just a simple night in the life of Darkwing Duck, how he just throws that off so nonchalantly. Mm. Like, he he fights voodoo kings every night. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, considering who he's going to fight in this episode, I think I'd rather see the voodoo king. <laughs> the, vo- the voodoo king? Oh, yeah. So- but it's it's funny what this episode does, though. It, it spends a lot of time dealing with the fact that Darkwing Duck was up all night.
1: And yeah, he's, he's exhausted. He's exhausted,
2: and he's, man. And he's tired in the morning. And he makes a big deal about how he has to disappear with the dawn, and it's like he's a creature of the night. I don't think it's something they really adhered to for all that long, making yeah. him into like a Batman kind of character. I don't. In a few episodes, it's not going to matter what time of day it is. Mm-hmm. So I think if they... They stuck to that. Darkwing always out at night and not in the daytime. In the daytime, he was sleeping because he was too tired. I don't think you'd be able to do too many plots. I think you'd get stuck after a while, which shows how how early this episode is. And um, so, Launchpad's hungry.
1: Yeah, he's hungry, and, uh, you know, Darkwing has a few exchange words with the guy who runs the... It was a burger joint, wasn't it?
2: Well, I think... This show gives us what I think is Darkwing Duck's greatest gift to mankind: Hamburger Hippo. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: how can you not love Hamburger Hippo? I no,
1: mean, I, I don't want to give the 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 voice actors. Uh, I don't want to spoil that right now because he he plays another major role in this episode right. of the of the hippo. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, basically he's getting into it with a the guy who run in the place of the hamburger joint hamburger hippo and all of a sudden they, then they turn their back and that's when it happens when the whole episode really starts to change shifts
2: right right everything starts disappearing
1: yeah everything starts disappearing and at first he blames the 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 guy who running the place and mm. he, he says he has nothing to do with this <laughs> he doesn't well, know where his,
2: his place is at well, the the, uh, the fast food worker thought darkwing was just a creep with a mask going to rob him mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't shoot the caches in the register. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, so yeah, things start disappearing, along with Hamburger Hippo, and uh, Darkwing kind of blows it off. He's not noticing that. It's kind of like that sinking feeling. Things are happening right in front of him, and he doesn't notice. Launchpad. (laughs)
1: Launchpad Yeah, Launchpad caught
2: on. Yeah, but uh, Darkwing, of course, does not. And uh, (laughs) Launchpad notices something. Launchpad forgets his scarf. And uh, he looks so weird without it. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I mean <laughs> Launchpad needs a scarf without it, he just looks naked. <laughs> but um well, and then they see some ants come by.
1: Well, Launchpad notices the ants because it's burger.
2: Yeah, they're stealing <laughs> his hamburger and he he just And um this episode you know on top of hamburger hippo, we get the first instance of Launchpad the gluttonous mooch. Mm-hmm. Which that wasn't Launchpad on DuckTales. He wasn't a food monster. He didn't he didn't go crazy for food. He didn't mooch off of people. But on DuckTales, I mean, on Darkwing Duck, forgive me, on Darkwing Duck, he loves to eat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, in this one, he's not paying for anything. He's making Darkwing pay for all of his food. <laughs> he orders this huge meal at Hamburger Hippo and makes Darkwing pay the bill. And yeah. later when they go golfing, he orders another, he orders a hot dog, and Darkwing has to pay for that, too. <laughs> so that's gonna be Launchpad's character. You know, he's just gonna be the guy who just loves to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Darkwing says they have to disappear with the dawn. So they blow. He blows off the ants and they leave. And um, our villain shows up.
1: Frank so, Welker.
2: Yeah, another character played by Frank Welker, of which there are many. Who is our villain?
1: Uh Lilliput. But he doesn't Lillip- say his
2: name yet, though. He does. No, wait not, a
1: while for he says for his name. Not a while,
2: and they only say it once. And uh, Lily puts a. Um, some sources give a full name for him. They call him Lily Put Goonie, but I don't know where they're getting that from. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a um, interesting character design. Yeah. He's a freaky little dude.
1: Yeah. Basically, he's he's shrinking everything, to for his miniature golf place, right?
2: Right. He's. He's shrinking things, having his ants carry the buildings, he's going to set up a miniature golf course with all this stuff. Um we we, we find out why in a little bit. But mm-hmm. I just want I want to describe this guy for anybody who hasn't seen this episode. This guy's got a huge beak, a big buck tooth, huge bushy eyebrows, <laughs> eyes with colored irises, which are just really strange. He's tiny. He's wearing golf shoes and a metal helmet with a big uh, antenna on it. And he's got this ridiculous voice that I'm pretty sure Frank Welker is copying Charles Nelson Riley. The <laughs> uh, you know the the actor from the 70s. And um it's such a weird character. It is no wonder he doesn't come back, but what a goofball. I've seen people on um podcasts and blogs just tear this guy apart. Mm-hmm. Um probably more than he deserves. But um but he yeah, he's shrinking buildings, his aunts are carrying them around and stealing them. And then we get a—it's uh, daytime, and Darkwing's yeah. exhausted. And yeah, he,
1: who, who comes in? Goslin, she's playing golf in the house. In the
2: house. <laughs> and we Darkwing. and Honker's her caddy. <laughs> of course, he's her caddy. Yeah. And uh, Goslin, because uh, he had promised her he'd take her miniature golfing, and now he's too tired to do it. And and uh, she gets ready to tee off. And great line from Darkwing. Have I ever told you the story about the little girl, the golf club, and the firing squad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you his threats get worse um, and um he so he tells her he's tired, I love Goslin just goes you if if a girl tells you something's fine, it's not fine and dark and Goslin goes, it's fine, no, no, it's fine. And she starts playing ball in the house and Darkwing has to give in. He They have a stare down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives up.
1: Yeah, she so tore I, the house out too, though, when she
2: did that. Yeah, putting holes in his hat, messing everything up. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're going miniature golfing. Yeah. And Launchpad puts it together really quick. He's noticing the buildings. He goes, wow, they look just like the buildings downtown. And Drake is just, yeah, they're just paper mache buildings. It's nothing. <laughs> He's too tired. He doesn't care.
1: Yeah, but Launchpad isn't good at golf either.
2: No, what I nah. like, see, my favorite part of the episode is just the golf jokes. I know Katie Lee said that's her favorite part. She loves all the golfing jokes. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this, this is there's a sequence where when they're just playing golf. And that could be the whole episode, and I think I would have enjoyed it. And, like, Gosling keeps losing her ball, and it keeps going into Drake's mouth. And then at one instant, she loses a club, and it gets stuck in his mouth, too. Uh-huh. And you got Honker, like, with all these calculations. Calculations and, Rick, like,
1: and physics.
2: Just hit the ball. <laughs> but Honker's, like, the
1: master at it. You know, he, he, he does, takes forever, but he, he's getting hole, holes in one, so.
2: It bounces clear off a building.
1: Well, you know what? That scene, when he did that, when it bounced off the building, it reminded me of the 90s uh, McDonald's commercials with uh, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, and they were shooting the ball all over the place in the gym. They were like nothing off the net. rafter, through the window, off the backboard, I, nothing but net. <laughs> I
2: remember those commercials. Yeah, I I have not forgotten those. And then you got you had Launchpad, excuse me, stuck in the sand pit hacking away till he hits a water main. <laughs> like if this was the whole episode, just all of them goofing off in the golf club. Every so often, honestly, I love it when Darkwing Duck the show takes a breather and just lets the characters go about their everyday lives mm-hmm. and just do things like this. They don't do it often, but I love it when they do. So um, Darkwing is all tired. Drake is all tired, so he tries to go to sleep. He rolls down a hill and bumps into Hamburger Hippo, complete with Launchpad Scarf. So he's putting two and two together. Something's up. And he gets shrunk.
1: Yeah, he gets shrunk. Uh, Lilyput was behind the tree when he shrunk him, but they didn't show him.
2: Yeah, I've always questioned, like, what exactly happened. Did Lily put no Darkwing was there? Was he trying to shoot something else and hit Darkwing? Yeah,
1: I... cause, yeah it was kind of weird because first Darkwing changes to, well, Drake changes into William Drake Spear. <laughs> yeah, but this is
2: no time for poetry.
1: Yeah, and then he jumps back, and then he comes back out again, and then he's Dark Queen, and then,
2: then boom, he's shrunk.
1: Like that, I was like, that kind of caught me off guard. Like, what like, just happened here?
2: You know? Yeah, was Lily put trailing him? Like, did he know he was there? Because how would he have known he was there? He just changed. Yeah. I, th- I think the direction there was a little off. I mm-hmm. guess it just had to get to the that part of the story, and it was just the fastest way to do it. Yeah. And so he yeah, shrunk. Dark-
1: yeah, it takes Darkwing a little while to figure out what's going on. He's like, why is this Coke uh, can so huge and
2: it these bugs? Takes, <laughs> it always takes Darkwing a little while to figure out what's going on. He has this weird – he he has this not-in-Kansas-anymore attitude. Whenever something happens, he never puts it together right away. Yeah. And that happens here. He's like, whoa, look at this. Someone stopped doing gardening while I was asleep, whatever he says. and. <laughs> And then he thinks he's dreaming when the giant ants show up. Yeah. And, and then just, I
1: think he finally catches on when the ladybug walked by. That ladybug turns into be a joke throughout this episode.
2: And we have another giant gastropod, a huge snail, shows up too. So we have lots of slugs and snails in this show again. And I I love that one big ant dressed up like the fast food worker complete with a uh, 5 o'clock shadow. Mm-hmm. And uh, Darkwing doesn't quite get an entrance in this episode, like the closest we get is in this bit where he's surrounded by the giant ants and he goes I'm the smallest, weakest thing in the whole place and I am also out of here that's the closest he gets to an entrance um but I don't even know if that even counts yeah
1: now when the ants come at him they come at him in the in those doom buggies which is my favorite part of the episode yeah Puck gives him little doom buggies now I got a question for you Mike is this the first time Darkwing says suck gas evildoers? This is the first time I, I recall him saying it so far.
2: Um, No, he does say it in that sinking feeling. Oh, I okay. I know he does. When he has a crying tear gas cloud.
1: Okay, so this is the first time he says it in the Disney Afternoon syndications, right? Yeah, I don't think he says it in Beauty and the Beat. Okay. Yeah, because when he said it this time, I was like, is this the first time we've heard him say it? Because this is the first time I recall him ever saying it as a child, you know? hmm Yeah. Because I, I didn't get to see that sinking feeling when it first premiered.
2: Yeah, I like the dune buggy scene. I do, because,
1: too. That's my favorite part of the episode.
2: Because otherwise, a lot of... Once Darkwing shrinks, I feel like the episode starts to lose a little bit of energy, and Darkwing just spends a lot of this part of the episode flying around, falling off the things. But the dune buggy scene's probably the best because there's just lots of action in this part. Mm-hmm. And um did you happen to hear when the um the ant drives a dune buggy into a mushroom and goes flying through the air? Yeah. There's this really <laughs> high pitched little goofy scream. You know, ah hoo 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 whoe. Hoo. But they're like say they, they, they speed it up. Like like an ant is screaming it. Yeah. I love it when they do that, even when Goofy isn't involved. So um Yeah. yeah so so when-
1: well, yeah, so when Darkwing crashes in the Doom buggy, that's when he finally catches on about the plot, and he's ca- catching on to Launchpad's theory and stuff, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Because the, they, they, they're robbing the bank inside of the putt-putt, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's when he figures things out, that Lily puts trying to—he's um, shrinking the building so he can rob the banks, and then, then enlarge the money when the ants bring it back to him. Yeah. But it's also funny how fast Darkwing goes into despair. Like, he's so miserable. He's like, they're going to have to call me Darkwing Dodd or Darkwing Dormouse or something small. And he's like, he just gets depressed so easy. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's running from the ants. I love, you know what? I love pathetic Darkwing. <laughs> <laughs> he goes into such mood swings. It's great. Oh, yeah. And then,
1: uh, finally, Launchpad and Honker and Goslin realize he, he's been
2: shrunken. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he, he ends up running into Lilliput first. Mm-hmm. And Lilliput tries to kill him with the barrel of the gun, the handle of the gun, and Darkwing ends up flying off again, and he crashes into Honker's glasses. That's what he does. Yeah. That's how they see him. They catch him. They they see, He's reflected in Honker's glasses, and that's how Goslin realizes it.
1: But they can't hear him. He has to like scream in Launchpad's ear. Yeah, his voice <laughs> is
2: so tiny and high, they don't really hear it. <laughs> I love the little tiny dark ring voice. Oh yeah,
1: and then that's when uh they go back to Lilyput, and uh he finally says
2: his name. And Launchpad is like, I actually think it's kind of cute. <laughs> well, no, Launchpad says it's silly, and Lilyput says, Oh, you think? I think this helmet's silly too. And Launchpad goes, oh, Actually, I think that's pretty cute.
1: Oh yeah, that's how he said it. Because the hat yeah. is what he uses to control the ants.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. He controls the ants, and he um he shrinks Darkwing out of existence. At least he thinks he does. Yeah,
1: he says he shrunk him to the size of a germ.
2: And Darkwing's tiny little pathetic, bye bye as he's shrinking. Mm-hmm. Like bye bye, it's really tiny. He disappears. And um this episode is actually the first appearance of Cuckoo Cola. Oh yeah. Which technically, and... in the Darkwing universe, the first appearance of Cuckoo Cola. But do you know where that was originally from? No. You don't. Uh uh-uh. uh. Have you heard of the Rescue Rangers episode, The Case of the Cola Cult? Oh my god. Which was another Tad Stone show. So yeah. obviously <laughs> Cuckoo Cola is carrying over over. But that was the episode where Gadget joins a cult mm-hmm. and they bathe themselves in soda. And like orange grape and you know, cherry soda, and they have that <sighs> unforgettable that if if you have the Rescue Rangers DVD, everyone listening, or you can find them on YouTube, watch this episode. It's probably the strangest Rescue Rangers episode. And they would sing <laughs> a song about coca cola And obviously, you know, Tadstones didn't forget that and brought it over into Darkwing Duck. And it pops up in a few episodes, but this is the first time I think they mention it. Mm-hmm. And they use it to um, attack the ants with.
1: Yeah, Honker and Goslin does.
2: They're shaking up the cans and they're spraying it on the ants. and.
1: But did you see how much cola came out of that little can, though, man? <laughs> I'm <laughs> know, like, cause...
2: Jesus. <laughs> well, you see how many ants he had all of a sudden. Yeah. He went from a handful. If he had sicked that many ants on Darkwing, they would have killed him. Yeah. So,
1: so then a a... starts trying to kill them with the fly swatter. And uh, they don't really show Honker
2: much anymore, do they? I, I think Honker may just be in this episode because of what happens when – Darkwing becomes a germ. Honker can explain it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think in the earliest episodes, they're basically using Honker for exposition when something uh, scientific happens that needs ex- explaining. Mm-hmm. But as time goes by, they use Honker better and better. Oh, but, yeah. So what, Lilyput starts to sneeze.
1: And then that's when Goslin gets the, the shrinking gun.
2: Yeah, so... Um, when he sneezes, she turns it on, and Darkwing comes back out full size with a couple of germs around each arm. Yeah, what did he name them? It was um. <laughs> okay, Blob and Ray.
1: Blob and Ray. <laughs>
2: that's a that's a reference. Oh, is it? Shows like this don't do a lot of references. You know, the Disney shows didn't reference like this, but it's a reference to Bob and Ray, with mm-hmm. television and radio comedians way way back when i i wouldn't be shocked if no anyone listening has even heard of them so um. i had to do the research i knew it was something so i had to jump on wikipedia and find out who they were but they were decades ago um bob and ray were tv and radio comedians so it's you know it's a reference that i didn't get when i first started. i just thought hey Bob and ray that's funny mm. but no it's an actual reference and um lily Put's got the green face with the polka dots all over himself yeah, And I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a reference to... Have you ever seen The Sword in the Stone? Yes. When uh, Merlin becomes a German and gets um, Madame Mim sick and she gets blotchy with polka dots? Yep. It's the exact same, same thing. thing. I, wa- yeah. I wonder if it was a reference or at least someone was aware of Sword in the Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Lily puts defeated. For and then good, go back. We, we don't really see him ever again.
1: Yeah, and then they go back to Darkwing's house and everybody's sick.
2: Everybody's sick. Everyone's got to rest and get plenty of liquids. Yep. And Darkly <laughs> even the, said, even I, the I germs. didn't know
1: this was contagious. <laughs> How was I
2: supposed to know I'd turn out to be contagious? And even, <laughs> even the germs are sick. Yeah, that's hilarious. The germs got sick. <laughs> you know, where this episode works, I think it really works. The Hamburger Hippo stuff, the Goslin stuff, the golf, this last bit with the germs. It's It can be really inspired. I just think in the middle of the episode, it kind of goes on autopilot a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think it could have been tightened up and a little bit stronger. Um, And what I like about Darkwing Duck, when they go to a cliched plot device, like body switching or time travel, they always either subvert it or do something very clever. But I feel like shrinking is such a common thing in these cartoons tailspin did it ducktales did it goof troop did it i feel like if this episode was done later in the season i can't imagine how much fun they would have had with that yeah like have you seen the ducktales episode micro ducks from outer space yeah i've definitely mean, that, seen that one. that predated honey i shrunk the kids mm-hmm. but they were so clever with that riding on doves and ended up in the sewer if I'm, I think that's what happens. They have to get all the way to Gyro's house, and they're almost killed several times. In Darkwing, everything just happens at the miniature golf course. So there isn't much for Darkwing to do except fly around and bump into things. Yeah. Although I like how he used his cape to fly at one point.
1: Yeah, and it got ripped up.
2: <laughs> yeah, Like the Super Mario World, it's pretty much the same thing. He's just floating with his cape like a flying squirrel. And then he gets ripped by a blade of grass. That must have been one strong blade of grass. But I feel like this episode could have done so much more with the shrinking thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it doesn't hurt the episode too much. I think it's still pretty fun. But, um, so, Mike, is, how
1: many uh, gas gun canisters yeah, would you
2: give it? Uh, I'm going to give this one two and a half gas gun. Two gunisters. and a half? Yeah. I mean, that's average. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fine. It's not an episode I I watch a lot except when I have to marathon the show, which, as everybody knows, I do that at least once a year. So I watch this one pretty frequently anyway. Um, but I'm gonna go with two and a half because it's just middle of the road. Okay, I- I'll probably give
1: it a three. You know, it-, it has some fun moments. I love the doom buggy scene. You know, I love the shrinking of the building. I-, I love the bank robbery with the ants because now that the building is so small and ants, everyone knows that they can lift like ten times their size. They're able to rip the vault wide open. You know? Right, right. You know, but could, the, Lily put, the Lily put the Lily thing is what brings it down for me. You know, I do like some of the Honey I Shrunk the Kids visuals there even though i know this movie i don't think or this episode not referenced to that movie but you know with the ants and i remember in honey i shrunk the kids they rode the ant for a while you know to get back to the to the back porch right it, it, it's okay it's not one of my favorite episodes but it, it's okay it's not bad you know it, there's just a few scenes that kind of drag but overall you know katie lee said she had her childhood hanging out at miniature golf places i only remember doing it once or twice as a kid so oh, i don't I... really have a history there
2: I love miniature golf. Uh, my daughter loves it too. We've done we've gone to miniature golf courses. They got some great ones at Disney World. Mm-hmm. I, I I I love it. I I really enjoy that. So that's why I love the golfing jokes. at The beginning of the episode because I would do it a lot, and my daughter loves doing it too. So you know I I, I get those jokes. They're great. So I, I understand why Katie loves that part.
1: Okay, now how many gas
2: gun canisters are you giving Lily put? The villain. I wanna. I want to be really hard on him just to be funny, but I don't want to be that hard on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give him two two gas gun canisters. I mean, his his plot is fine, but just as a character himself, like he's ridiculous looking, he is not a threat, mm-hmm. and he's a little obnoxious. but I think I think frank uh, Frank uh, Welker's playing him that way anyway, but mm-hmm. um he's he's nothing. he doesn't come back. You know, so I'll give them two.
1: I'm only going to give them a one and a half. I really felt the ants were the episode for the villains in this one. I I prefer the ants. I was not a fan of Lily at all,
2: man. Uh, The ants didn't need them. Now, let me run an idea by you. Okay. Do you think this episode would have worked if they had made it a little bit later and it was a Quacker Jack episode?
1: (sighs) I don't see how Quacker Jack could have really helped this episode because... It doesn't fit his theme at all, you know?
2: I don't know. Shrinking things and turning them into toys? If he would have turned them into toys, now I think maybe, that would have <laughs> Because they kind of use that plot in the Boom comics. He turns people into toys and shrinks them down. And maybe I could see Quacker Jack opening his own miniature golf course, you know, turning buildings into toys and shrinking people down. I could see that working with Quacker Jack, but, you know, this is an early episode before I, I doubt before they even thought of Quacker Jack, so.
1: Hey, come on, man. Stop teasing me with Quacker Jack. I still got a while before we get to Quacker him. Jack,
2: Quacker Jack, Quacker Jack, Quacker <laughs> Jack. Oh, my God. Now, yeah, it, it hit me a few days ago. I'm like, this, this could have been a Quacker Jack episode at some point. Mm-hmm. But, um, it hey, Lily, put, you know, he's a goofball. All right. Yes. So, oh, so I guess we've come down to
1: the end of this one. so let's go ahead and wrap this up Mike uh, where can the people reach you at
2: Uh, Mike Russo on Facebook there you go simple as that
1: you guys can find us on the St. Canard Files Facebook page Uh, we have a fan page on there Um, follow us on Google Play for the podcast Um, Stitcher, Apple Spotify, Pinecast I already said Pinecast Uh, there's another one I remember your buddy started following us on. I can't yeah, remember if it's the Pocket Cast or something.
2: Yeah, I'm going to just shout out really quick. I I have a, a co-worker who is actually, our podcast has motivated him to download the entire series. And he watches the episode first, then listens to our weekly episodes. So if you're listening, hi, James. Thank you so much for doing that. I, I appreciate it.
1: Uh, appreciate it, James. <laughs>
2: and anybody else who, you know, has is discovering or or re-watching the show for the first time in a while, thanks to this podcast. You know, we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it, y'all. But we're signing out right now. Playtime is over.
2: Stay dangerous. Good night. Good night, y'all.